This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about why you should consider maybe this isn't a bug, it's a feature. And we'll talk to Maya Shankar about how to deal with the challenge of change. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, we just had such a great visit in New York. Yes, that's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and I'm just back from New York City. And Gretchen, I have to say the weather was so great. I have to say New York is like heaven on earth when it's good weather, and it was just great. We had a great time. Yes. Yes. Now, before we jump in, a lot of updates. One, remember, we will be talking to Kate Bowler about her terrific memoir, No Cure for Being Human, in an upcoming episode. So read and send us your questions and comments because we're really looking forward to our conversation with Kate. Yes, and we are getting so many great suggestions for apps. Remember, we're going to do a very special Happier episode about good apps as opposed to soul-sucking apps. (laughs) So let us know what app puts the app in Happier for you. (laughs) Yes, let us know. We've gotten great suggestions and we want more. Also, journals, if you love a journal. Remember, I have my journals that I have put together, and they are selling fast. So if you've been waiting to purchase or you're thinking about the holidays, go ahead and order. You may be hearing and there's like all sorts of supply chain issues, so it behooves all of us to act fast this year. Um, if you go to happiercast.com journals, you can see them all. And then also, Gretchen, we have our Oh High bonus episode out October 15th. 
Yes, this is where we talk to your writing partner, uh, Sarah Fain, who your friend from high school. So I've known Sarah Fain forever, too, co-host of Happier in Hollywood. And she made this, you know, we're going to be talking about change in this episode with Maya Shankar. Well, Sarah made a big change very fast when she decided that she was going to move to Ojai outside in a town outside of L.A. And it was was so fascinating. We thought, let's do a deep dive into this big decision she made. Yes, you can hear all about it on our bonus episode. Okay, and now for the Try This at Home. This week, our Try This at Home suggestion is to keep in mind that sometimes it's not a bug, it's a feature. I love Proverbs of the Professions, and this is a great proverb, and I think it comes from the world of Silicon Valley. Mm. And this is when you say to people, oh, you think it's a bug? It's not a bug, it's a feature. Yeah, and Gretchen, we saw a great example of this um, in an email from our listener, Shannon. She said, I was listening to your episode about software developers explaining concepts to a rubber duck to help solve coding problems, and I realized I am the rubber duck. (laughs) During the pandemic, I made a career change from managing theater productions to working for a digital development agency as a project manager. Most of our work is on websites, and I have very limited knowledge of how web and software development works. I have learned a lot in the past eight months, and I've asked a lot of developers to explain a lot of concepts to me. Multiple times, I have checked in with a member of my team to make sure the problem I have given them makes sense in my layman's terms, and as they break it down for me, they have the aha moment and work out a solution. I am the rubber duck. (laughs) Hearing you explain this hack helped me discover that my inexperience is more of a boon than even I have realized. Not only do I have a fresh perspective, but I can also encourage others to think in a new way. Right, because she might have thought, well, it's really a bug that I have no experience and people are constantly having to explain these things to me. But in fact, it was a feature because the fact that they had to explain these things to her was helping them solve problems. So it's not a bug. It's a feature. Yeah. Here's another example that I love that comes from Susan Cain's terrific book called Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. And again, it's when Susan realizes that a quality of her nature isn't a bug, it's a feature. So she was early in her career as a Wall Street lawyer, and she unexpectedly had to take over negotiations on behalf of a client to try to help the client negotiate better loan terms. And Susan, as a mild-mannered, deliberate, introverted person, she was very worried about how to handle a tough negotiation because, you know, she didn't have the kind of loud, aggressive, argumentative personality that we usually associate with the kind of people who do negotiations. But she had to do it, so she did what she could. She asked questions. She talked it through. She ignored displays of anger by lawyers on the other side. And here's the thing. By the end, not only did she get a deal, she got a job offer from the lawyers on both sides of the negotiation because they really admired her ability to stay calm, focused on the deal, rather than shout and pound the table. So she was thinking, hey, this is a bug that I don't have this kind of personality. But in fact, it was a feature that the other lawyers really respected and admired when they saw it in action. I love that example, Gretch. Yeah. Well, and it's it's like me being a happiness bully. Elizabeth, you call me a Mm. happiness bully, and I'm like, it is a bug, but it is also a feature. Yes, and that's why (laughs) it's in a loving way. I appreciate you being a happiness bully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, how about you, Elizabeth? Can you think of an example where you've had a bug that turned out to be a feature? 
Well, yeah, this is a big one. Of course, I'm talking all the time about Fantasy Island, season Mm -hmm. one of Fantasy Island. And we had what I call a lean budget for the show, (laughs) which is, you know, a nice way of saying low budget. But it's a lean budget, um, which could definitely be considered a bug. But it turned into a feature because it prompted us to look into shooting in Puerto Rico because it has great tax breaks. And it turned out to be unbelievably beautiful, perfect for our story, and a wonderful experience. So actually, the bug was a feature because had we not had that so-called bug, we probably would have just shot it in L.A., which Uh, wouldn't have looked nearly as beautiful as Puerto Rico. Right. Well, you know, I often think about this in the context of the four tendencies, because I think a lot of times with the four tendencies, I can see that the same aspect of someone's nature, some people are are calling it out as a bug, but it's also a feature. So you might say, okay, upholders are rigid. Well, it's a bug, but it's also a feature. Questioners, people tell them they ask too many questions. Well, it's a bug, but it's also a feature. Or, you know, obligers always go the extra mile. Sometimes they're like, ooh, this is a bug, but no, it's also a feature. Rebels, Mm. they want to find their own way and do it in their own way. It's a bug, it's a feature. Often the things that you might be criticized for or feel like is sometimes a limitation of your tendency is also your superpower. So you have to think about the fact that bugs and features, it's something about framing. Yes, it's kind of the foundation of the whole tendencies, right? Know how to make your bug a feature. Yes, exactly. How do you make how do you make your bug a feature? So let us know if you do try this at home and how deciding that some aspect of your nature or of a situation is a feature not a bug, works for you. We love hearing examples of this principle at work. Um, Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. Go to happiercast.com slash 347. This is episode 347 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a happiness hack from Eliza, Gretchen's daughter. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. 
And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for this week's happiness hack. It comes from Eliza, who I got to see uh, in New York, along with Eleanor. That was very exciting. Yes. So this was a hack that came up in something that Eliza said about um, her new job. So she started in a new job. And Eliza is one of these people, and I'm this way myself, who really wants to know what she's doing. Some people are better at rolling with it and feeling things out. And some people really want to know the answer to every question. And Eliza is that kind of person. So she was asking a lot of questions. You know, at a certain point, if you're asking a lot of questions, you start feeling like a nuisance. And she said, my boss will often say, good question. <laughs> and that makes me feel better. And I thought that that was a really good, very simple hack that... When we're trying to help people feel more comfortable asking questions, it's often helpful to actually remind them that's a good question or I understand why you would have that question or I see why that could be confusing to show them that you are welcoming their questions. Yes, this is a great hack for me to hear, Gretch, because I'm hoping that I'm going to get a season two of Fantasy Island and yeah. we will have new people who may have questions and it is a great hack for me to use yeah. to help people transition into new job, a new job. Yeah. So tell people that they're asking good questions. But here's another thing. Speaking of people feeling happier in the workplace, here's something that I would love to hear from listeners from. Now more than ever, organizations like workplaces and also like schools are looking for ways to boost people's happiness. I am curious at school, at work, in life, what have you seen that have made people happier, especially as things have been changing so much? Are there do you have fun rituals? Do you have resources offered like free yoga classes? You know, have they put in things like a ping pong table or beanbag chairs? People put up cartoons on the fridge as like a, you know, like an unspoken ritual. I am just really curious to hear what have you seen that works to help boost people's happiness in an organization? Let me know. Gretch, you know one that I love in elementary schools when the teacher stands outside the classroom and the kids line up and before they come in, they they say whether they want a high five, a hug, a fist bump, a oh, dance. Yes. Yeah, a very cute ritual that puts everybody, I would imagine, in a good mood. Well, it's warm hellos and goodbyes, which yes. is something that I wrote about in The Happiness Project. Absolutely. That's a great example. So let me know your examples. I am collecting them. And now for an interview. We will be talking today with Maya Shankar. Maya is a cognitive scientist who served as a senior advisor in the Obama White House, where she founded and served as chair of the White House Behavioral Science Team. She also served as the first behavioral science advisor to the United Nations. Maya has a postdoctoral fellowship in cognitive neuroscience at Stanford. She was a Rhodes Scholar. She's a former private violin student of Itzhak Perlman and a graduate of the Juilliard School pre-college program. And she is currently a senior director of behavioral economics at Google. 
If all that isn't enough, she's host <laughs> of the great podcast, Slight Change of Plans, which features intimate conversations that give an unvarnished look into how people navigate changes and ultimately grow. I had a great time talking to Maya on her podcast, and I realized that we should have her come on to Happier to talk about managing change, happiness, and human nature. Hello, Maya. Hi, Maya. Hello. It's great to be here. Hey. <laughs> nice to see you both. So, Maya, on your podcast, you you talk about change and how we respond to change. And you have a very particular personal connection to this need to grapple with a big and unexpected change. So tell people what that was like. Yeah, when I was um, six years old, I started playing the violin. My, my mom had gone up to her attic and brought down my grandmother's violin that she had brought with her all the way from India when she immigrated to this country. And she'd only meant to show it to me, but I was immediately taken by the instrument. And um, my mom tells me that she never had to tell me to practice, which is very mm. unusual wow. for a six-year-old because wow. she definitely had to tell me to do other stuff, <laughs> like do the dishes and, you know, clean my room. Um, but I just, I just so quickly fell in love with the violin. And when I was nine years old, I auditioned for the Juilliard School of Music in New York. And, and that began weekly trips from Connecticut to New York every Saturday for about 10 hours of classes. And then when I was a teenager, Itzhak Perlman asked me to be his private wow. violin student. So that Wait, was and the for, moment for people when... who do not know their violin superstars that well, <laughs> set the stage for like why that is such an extraordinary thing to have happened to yeah, you as I mean, a teenager. I, I think he's considered, you know, one of the greatest violinists of all time. And it, it was an ins incredible moment for me because I had always had my insecurities about whether I had what it took to become a violinist, right? It's an extremely competitive landscape. And, you know, unlike some of the other kids I was studying with, my parents insisted that I was well-rounded. So mm. I was also on the cross-country team and I was oh. hanging out with my friends and, you know, violin was a part of my life. Um, but they still, you know, wanted me to have some semblance of normalcy. Mm. And so I, it, it meant so much to me that he gave me that vote of confidence, you know? Um, and I later asked, I asked his wife, I said, why did Perlman take me on? Because from a technical perspective, I just wasn't nearly as uh -huh. good as, as my peers. Um, and she told me, because he thought you had something to say. Wow. And I thought that was so, yeah, I thought that was so beautiful. Wow. It's like he connected with me on an emotional yes. level. Maybe, you know, our personalities jived. Um, but anyway, so I was on the speed train to hopefully becoming a professional violinist. And then I had an acute injury um, one morning where I overstretched a finger. I tore tendons in my hand and doctors told but me. But by the way, you did it playing the violin. Like this was, this, was, this was like an occupational hazard. Like when I first heard about this, I assumed that you'd like run into a tree or like try to catch a football or something. You were actually playing the violin. This was a violin playing related injury. Yeah, I like to think that my story makes violin an extreme sport. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, it had this extraordinary consequence. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think when when the violin was taken away from me, literally in a moment, right? Well, did you realize at that moment that was what was happening? Like, take us through what happened. Yes. Yeah, so so I heard a popping oh. sound in my hand. I knew something was, was very wrong. But I, the impatient, recalcitrant teenager, resisted accepting my situation. Mm. So, you know, doctors were telling me fairly quickly, this is 
sorry, kid, right? This is not a thing anymore. And I was like, no, 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 I'm going to make this work. And I kept playing through pain. I kept performing. You know, I I was just absolutely resolute in my commitment to keep the violin a, a part of my life. And, you know, at some point, I had to just face the facts, right? I had to face reality, which was this, this was not possible anymore. And I I spiraled into this mindset where I was asking all these existential questions of myself, like, who am I and and what matters to me? And Gretchen, similar to maybe that experience you had on the bus, Mm -hmm. like, what makes me happy? Mm -hmm. What will make me happy, right? I feel like as a kid, you can exist in an unexamined state Mm -hmm. of mind for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And having this harsh reality. (laughs) Or as an adult, yes, you know. Um, But I feel like being confronted with this in this way at a young age just forced me to suddenly ask all these big questions about my identity and my sense of self. And it is hard to overstate what a big role violin played in my life. I mean, to this day, my right shoulder is slightly elevated relative to my left and my spine is slightly curved because of all the hours I spent you know, your listeners can't yeah. see me, but I'm playing uh-huh. the violin, my air violin, <laughs> air uh, all the hours I spent doing that. But, it, you know, literally my body grew into the ergonomics of the instrument like that. It was an extension of my body. And so, yeah, I had to figure out I had to figure out who I could be without this instrument. Well, and I think the fact that you've gone through that, you know, when you interview people, you relate to what they've gone through because it's often a similarly life changing thing. What has surprised you about interviewing people? Yeah, I mean, my certainly a large part of my inspiration for creating a slight change of plans was born out of my personal experience, exactly to your point, which is having to confront an identity yeah. shift early in my life. And, you know, there's there's compelling research in cognitive science called identity foreclosure. Mm. And it refers to the idea that in adolescence, but it can certainly persist into adulthood, we can become very fixed in our sense of selves. And it can prevent us from engaging in exploratory paths, right? Trying to figure out just how malleable our identities can really be if we were to test the limits of that identity. Um, And and I absolutely fell prey to identity foreclosure. You know, I was first and foremost a violinist even before I was Maya. Mm. And I think what facing this, this change resulted in is being forced to view my identity as more malleable. And I think that malleability has helped me navigate the twists and turns that have come in my life ever since. And one thing that I've noted about my guests on A Slight Change that seems to be true across the board, despite the diversity of experiences you'll hear about and how different people's backgrounds are, you know, people from Hillary Rodham Clinton to Tiffany Haddish to Casey Musgraves, a country singer, like all of them have been willing to see their identities as dynamic and malleable Mm. in the face of change. Mm -hmm. And that has been their superpower. So do you think that maybe a common mistake that people make is you glom onto one identity instead of thinking that it's one of many possible identities or, or maybe trying to think of yourself as having multiple identities all at once? Like... I'm I'm a runner, I'm a environmentalist, I'm a dog lover, I'm a lover of mysteries, I like Marvel comics, whatever it might be. It's a great question. I think in my experience, the mistake I made was attaching myself too closely to things, to pursuits. Ah. And what I've learned is that I should actually attach my identity to the traits and features of those pursuits that bring me Mm. joy, such that when I lose the thing, I can still find those features in other things. So I'll give you a concrete example. I think 
if you guys had asked me as a kid, you know, what do you love about playing the violin? I would have said, oh, I love the way that it sounds. I love the way that it feels. I love being able to craft a phrase. Actually, what I've learned is the thing that I really loved about the violin is that it allowed me to forge a deep emotional connection with people that I'd never even met before. So as, as a young kid, right, you go on stage, you're, there's an audience of thousands of people you've never met before, and, and within moments, you're able to make them feel something mm. that they've never felt before. And that's empowering. I mean, that's an intoxicating feeling to be able to have an emotional bond with people in this way. And so what I learned is, oh, okay, the thing that really gets Maya to tick is not necessarily the violin. It's human connection. Mm. It's understanding human connection. Mm. And that's what ultimately led me to study cognitive science, you know, to get a sure. PhD in this field, to understand human decision-making. And and it, it ultimately led me to create A Slight Change of Plans, this podcast that has been this love project where I have an excuse to get into a room with someone that I barely met and to say, hey, tell me about, you know, the most challenging moment of your life. Tell me about what your inner thoughts and feelings are. And so you can see that in all of the, mm -hmm. you know, it could seem like, oh, my life is full mm -hmm. of these disparate pursuits. But actually, I identified the thing that really lights me up. And I keep trying to find that right. <laughs> as my life goes forward. And, and for me, anyway, that's been the secret to continuing to find joy when things have been taken away from me or when, you know, I've had to had to quit and had to move on. Well, of course, also with a podcast, you're connecting to all of the listeners, not just the person yes. in the room, but they are those yes. people in the audience feeling a very emotional connection to you. Absolutely. And I'm sure you you both have, have experienced this with your with your incredible podcast, but some of the most meaningful moments for me has been hearing directly from yeah. listeners, you know? Um, I get messages all the time from people who say, and, and um, Gretchen, I know we talked about this in the conversation that you and I had for a slight change of plans, but what really matters is people's psychology. And so the specifics of the change story may actually be irrelevant, mm -hmm. but what listeners find resonance yeah. in is, oh, this person, you know, even, they're a even though they're a professional mountain climber and I'm an yeah. artist, I related to this person's psychology. And so the insights mm. they shared with me about how to navigate a change so resonated with me in my life. And so what I love is hearing about, again, how people that you on face value, you might not think you would identify right. with because their circumstances are so different. Actually, you, pro you find profound meaning in because you relate to them because maybe you share the same tendencies, right? right? Or maybe, <laughs> maybe you have the same personality traits, right? So it's, it's very powerful to see the human experience kind of transcend any of the specifics around a person's uh, life events. Well, you mentioned the tendencies. And yes, Maya, we talked about <laughs> this a little bit on your podcast, but you're, so tell everybody what your tendency is. Yes. Well, I had the, the benefit of also being um, getting a specific uh, <laughs> diagnosis from Gretchen. So I am a yes. the benefit. Yes. So I am a questioner that leans upholders. Yes. Uh, that is what I would have said. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Maya, before we let you go, um, we love to ask our guests if they have a tried this at home that they would suggest to listeners. Do you have a tried this at home? Yes, I do. And this was so relevant in 2020 mm. when I think so many of us were feeling overwhelmed by the change happening around us. And it was just made so salient to the entire world that control is an illusion, that we can try so hard to control our circumstances. But at the end of the day, I think we all felt humbled by, by what the world presented to us. And so feeling overwhelmed by that uncertainty and, and you know, 
that was another inspiration for for creating a slight change of plans, which was trying to find meaning and answers yeah. in in an uncertain scenario that I couldn't find meaning and answers in. I realized, okay, I need to find some moment of my day that remains unchanged, that can just mm. give me a sense of stability and ground me in every morning. And that is my cup of Indian-style tea mm. in the morning. So I go all out with this cup of tea. It's got <laughs> ginger. It's got cardamom. You know, you boil the milk. It's like a whole ritual. Right. And creating the cup of tea and drinking the cup of tea, that is that is my precious sacred time. Like, no interruptions during that cup of tea. And I do I think there ha- maybe there's been one day in the past year and a half where I haven't made that a priority um, to just have my moment with that with that cup of tea, which also just connects me to like my my family in India, oh, you know, as well right. as like how delicious it is. Um, but there's there's been very few days where I haven't made that my number one priority, and I have found that it's such a small thing, right? It's oh, it's just a cup right. of tea, but I look forward to that moment every. Like even at night when I'm falling asleep, I'm like, ooh, tomorrow I get to have, you know, I can't only manage so much caffeine. So it's like, oh, I get to have my two cups tomorrow morning. And it just, it brings me a sense of certainty in, you know, stably uncertain times. Oh, that's wonderful. Maya, thank you. It was so great to talk to you. Thanks, Maya. It was great to talk to you too. (laughs) Thanks so much. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Coming up, Gretchen gives herself a classic demerit. But first, this break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, Therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And happier listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com happier. Visit IXL.com happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Gretch, I know from my own experience that baby making is not always simple. There is a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. 
And when you want to conceive, there can be a lack of understanding and resources. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from reproductive health to uh, ovulation tracking to conception aid. Frida is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. Frida products are innovative, easy to use, and accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, at Target, and select CVS stores near you. That's Frida Fertility, F-R-I-D-A, Frida Fertility. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for happiness, demerits, and gold stars. And this week, you are up with a happiness demerit. Yes, you said this was a classic demerit. And I do think this is like in the demerit hall of fame (laughs) for being popular, widespread, a common challenge. And that is doing what is urgent and easy instead of what is important and deeply challenging. So Mm. as I've often said, I am a morning person. And I am by far the most focused and energetic earlier in the day. And so what I try to do is to do my most difficult work. Like if I have to write something challenging or answer a difficult email or whatever, to do that first thing in the morning because I like the quiet and my, my head feels clear. I have high energy. So my morning time is like my highest valuable time. Mm. Oh, you know where this is going. Mm-hmm. I think I see. I think I see where it's going. Uh, so lately, I have plenty of challenging tasks that I should be using with my high value morning time. But instead, I've been doing things, telling myself things like, well, let me just clear up my inbox real quick and like answer all the easy ones or like, ooh, here's a couple of like quick things that I could just check off my list right now. And I'll and if I clear off the decks, then I'll feel more focused for my mm. challenging thing. But what happens is. Then I get dragged into these like small tasks and they take longer or I stick with them too long. And then I kind of lose the magic of Mm. this, like that first hour and a half where I feel like that is really special. And it's hard because I really do like to clear the decks before I focus. But if I clear the decks, then it prevents me from getting the focus that I want. So I just have to remember, don't do it. Yes, you shouldn't even look at it. You should shouldn't even say look at you it. can't open your email until 9.30 yes. or whatever. Yes. And usually the night before, I will decide what it is that I want to work on. Mm. So I kind of go into it knowing like, ooh, a lot of times I'll delay it from the day before because I'm like, Ugh, I think mm-hmm. I need to start that first thing in the morning. So I know exactly what task. And it's probably just a way, you know, working is one of the most dangerous forms of procrastination. It's a way to put off this difficult task by doing these like little easy tasks. I pretend like I'm being productive because I'm, you know, it's not like I'm, you know, watching office bloopers on YouTube. I'm not Mm -hmm. goofing off, but I'm not doing what I what I want to be doing with that time. So giving myself a demerit. Well, you know, naming it helps scratch. So I calling it out. Now that you've said it, you're going to do better. That's right. That's right. Now, let's just, how about you? Take us up. What's your gold star for this week? Well, my gold star, Gretch, goes to my late great friend, Mike Feldman. Mm. I think I've talked about him on the podcast before. He died about 14 years ago, and today would have been his 50th birthday. Oh. 
And I still miss him so much. And he was just so good-natured that anytime I think about him, I think about his smile, which I can see, you know, so clearly in my mind from the first day I met him. And I've said, like, I don't think I've ever met anyone more good-natured than Mike, except possibly for our dad, who is incredibly good-natured and my friends called Smiling Jack. So uh, I just... Wanted to shout out Mike today on what would have been his 50th birthday and say gold star for being just like the most wonderful guy, you know, and I did. And Jack's middle name is Michael after him. So, yeah. So he definitely lives on in the people who loved him and love him still. Yes. His 50th birthday. That's yeah. a milestone to remember. I wish he had been here for it there, you know, but um, I just wanted to remember him today. Yes. The resources for this week. Are you trying to make or break a habit? If so, you may want to download my checklist for habit change, which is a one word chart that will help you use the 21 strategies of habit change that I outline in Better Than Before. If you go to GretchenRubin.com slash resources and scroll down to Better Than Before, you can download that for free. And if you would like to get our show notes for the Happier Podcast delivered by email each week, plus bonus content, you can sign up to get those updates each week at GretchenRubin.com slash newsletter. Now, Elizabeth, what are we reading? What are you reading this week? I am reading Never Saw Me Coming by Vera Kurian. It's a thriller. And I'm reading Between Two Kingdoms by Suleika Jawad. Hashtag read 21 and 21. It's still 21, everybody. Stay on it. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Consider it's not a bug. It's a feature. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to Maya Shankar. Listen to her podcast, A Slight Change of Plans. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like this show, you know what I'm going to say. Please be sure to tell a friend and follow us, rate us, review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. Elizabeth, you just came to New York City for two nights, but it felt like such a real visit. It reminded me of what dad says about that with visits, frequency is more important than duration. And your visit just proved that to me yet again. Yes, I know. I agree, which means I just need to come more often. And I need to come visit you more often. From the Onward Project. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth... I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. 
They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.